Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Well, good morning uh, once again, and welcome to Horizon West Church Online. If you're just now joining us, I want to say a special happy Mother's Day to our moms. Um, And I want to acknowledge a few uh, moms, uh, especially who have invested in me. First, my own mom, uh, who uh, just a few days ago is now 20 years uh, with the Lord, uh, but spent 18 years investing in me and so much of who I am. Uh, is because of her. I want to recognize her mom, my grandmother Ida, who may be watching in Atlanta. And Grandma Ida, if you are, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, To my stepmom, Chris. Um, She has taken on a lot with my dad and my family, and um, I'm honored to have her as part of our family, and she is such a blessing to us. To my mother-in-law, Renee, uh, who also probably is watching. Renee, thank you so much for loving me and taking me in and putting up with me. Uh, To my sisters, Angela and Bethany, who together are raising 11 and going on 12 kids and are incredible uh, mothers and reflections of God's heart to their children. And finally, and most importantly, to my own wife, Nikki, who is uh, the greatest mom in the world and uh, I love dearly and so thankful for. Moms, we want you to know, and if you haven't heard in a while, we are grateful to you. And even though so much of your work is not praised publicly, uh, today we want to stop and say thank you. You mean the world to us and we couldn't do it without you. Well, this morning on Mother's Day, we're going to be in a passage of Scripture that maybe for many of us, if we grew up in church, might be fairly familiar. The passage is Proverbs 31, and uh, what I want to do today is make some observations that I came across in studying this passage that really changed the way that I think about it. So women, if you're familiar with the Proverbs 31 passage, don't check out on me. I think as we get to the end of this morning, you're going to see what the writer of that specific proverb was saying and what God wants all of us, not just moms, but all of us to know as a result. So if you would, read along with me. I'm in Proverbs chapter 31, beginning at verse 10. We'll read the passage and then dive into it. An excellent wife who can find. She's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hands to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all of her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the days to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household. She does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done exceedingly, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates." 
If you're exhausted having heard all of those qualifications, I have some good news for you. And some of the observations that I've discovered are going to hopefully shed some greater light on you, mom, and what the scripture actually is calling of you. Here's the first observation I want to make in the passage. And most of these are surprising, but bear with me. My first observation on Proverbs 31 is that the writer is not addressing women. He's actually addressing a man. Listen to what it says in verse 10, the very first part of that passage. Proverbs 31.10, an excellent wife who can find. She is worth far more than jewels, or she is more precious than jewels. The context of this proverb is important because all scripture is written in context. And if you don't understand the context, you can't understand what the writer was originally intending to say. I don't know if you knew that or not, but scripture is first and primarily for someone else. These letters, these books were written in a context and we need to understand what that context is. The context of the Proverbs is this, that the writer of Proverbs, we believe it was Solomon, is addressing his son or his sons throughout the book. In fact, over and over and over again, something like 27 times, Solomon is going to say, my son or my sons, and give them words of wisdom. And so even as God intends for us to glean from the Proverbs and to gain wisdom and application from the Proverbs, they're originally written by a man named Solomon for his own son or his sons. And what Solomon does in the book of Proverbs is he's going to begin by saying to his son, son, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you want to have wisdom, if you want to achieve in life, if you want to be well-respected, that all begins with fear of the Lord. And he's going to end by saying, and also, son, it's really important that when you go to marry, that you marry well. Fear the Lord and marry well. This is the bookend of the Proverbs that Solomon has written for his sons. And the question is, how do I marry well? Well, by marrying a woman who also fears the Lord. See, Solomon is not creating a measuring stick for women. I've got a measuring stick here that my own family uses. My children every few days come to me and they, they want to know how much they've grown since three days ago. Uh, probably you have in, in your home somewhere, your home where you grew up or maybe your home now, you have a measuring stick and you, you hold it up to the wall and you mark where the kids are and you put the dates and you can tell how much the child has grown over the years by using a measuring stick. Solomon is not using a measuring stick to show what women should look like or be like. That's not the intent of the passage. And that is an important thing because mom guilt is a real thing. I I know moms that you spend a lot of time and a lot of energy and thought going, am I doing enough? Am I being enough? Are my children getting enough from me? And, and hearing a laundry list of these incredible qualifications and, and behaviors of this Proverbs 31 woman probably doesn't help. It's not a measuring stick. The point is not women do all of these things. The point is rather son value these kind of characteristics in a woman. Probably, like measuring sticks in your house, many of you also made marriage material lists before you got married. I know women especially like to do this. They make a list of the qualifications they want to see in their husband, and then they evaluate the guys that they're meeting, the guys that they're dating against that list. I know my wife did it, and maybe you did too. In fact, you could let us know in the comments, did you have a marriage material list before you got married? 
What you cannot put in the comments is how your spouse is measuring up. That's not going to be allowed. But many of us made that list, and the list was not intended to say these 20 or 25 or 30 things all have to be exactly true of the person I'm going to marry. What it did was gave us an idea of the type of character of person that we wanted to marry that we could look at and go, does this person essentially meet the characteristics that I'm looking for? This is, I believe, what Solomon is doing. No one individual, man or woman, should be expected to live up to all of the expectations of their spouse, to be expected to be 30 for 30 on that list. And Solomon is not saying, women, all of you have to rise early and stay up late and be crafty and build things and trade and buy land. He's not saying that. But what, is, what he is saying is, son, there's a certain kind of character that a woman has and it's the kind of character that you need to look for. Here's the second observation in the chapter. The writer is challenging misogynistic views of women. See, this is important because if you read the proverb without this lens or this understanding, you may actually think that the writer is playing into misogynistic views of this woman who just lives to to please and serve her husband and her children and is good for nothing else. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. This Proverbs 31 is not passively compliant and laying down as a doormat for her family. Rather, she is active. She is taking initiative. She is a leader in her home and in her community. In fact, in just 21 verses, the writer, uh, or rather 22 verses, the writer uses 21 verbs in his describing of this woman. He's talking about a woman who is on the go. She gets things done. She takes initiative. And those action words, those verbs, give us an idea of the kind of characteristics that Solomon says matters. Characteristics like trustworthiness, helpfulness. She's hardworking. She's productive. She's ambitious. She's a self-starter. She's intelligent. She's physically strong. She's generous, fearless, crafty, dignified, and everyone around her respects her. This does not sound like a doormat to me. This does not sound like a person who thinks that women are to take the back seat and be quiet and passively follow along. See, the writer of, uh, of Proverbs, Proverbs 31, is not lowering a view of women. He's raising it. This Proverbs 31 woman is not Beverly Cleaver, but neither is she the Wonder Woman, right? She, she's a picture of the best kind of characteristics, but no one person has them all. He's talking about God's design for womanhood. So so with that, let me go to Genesis chapter one where God created both man and woman and let me give you a picture of God's design and his idea for what womanhood should look like. Genesis chapter one, verses 27 to 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You may notice that I was emphasizing the word them and there's a reason. When God was giving the mandate for humanity to to oversee the earth and to have rule over it, he gave the mandate to them, meaning both men and women. And if we fast forward to the New Testament, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, we see Peter saying these words, 
Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, don't trip over that word weaker vessel or that phrase. Peter is acknowledging that in most cases, men are physically stronger than women. That's all that is. But he's actually saying, husbands, as you live with your wives, keep in mind that they're heirs together with you of the gift of life. The word in the Greek that is translated as heirs with you in this passage is literally a compound word that means with inheritance. They are with you in the inheritance of Christ. Women, you are co-dominion. You have co-dominion over the earth and you are co-heirs of Christ if you believe in Jesus. And so scripture is elevating, it's raising up this idea of what womanhood really is. And it's important that we know that. If you're a mom watching this morning, you need to know that your worth is not in motherhood, but in being an image bearer of God and a co-heir of Christ. If you're not a mom, you need to know that your worth is not determined in that status, but it is determined by being an image bearer of God and a co-heir of Christ. Translation, Your value, women, is not in your doing, but in your being. You are good because God designed you good. You have worth and value because God designed you to have worth and value. It does not come from the outside. It comes from the God who crafted and created you within. So it's not in your doing. It is also not in your appearing. I want to address this morning something that I'm going to call a peer pressure. And yes, I did just coin that phrase. A peer pressure is the societal pressure that I believe women feel to appear a certain way. Women, some of this may resonate with you. You hear things like, you shouldn't be too heavy, but also don't be too skinny. Wear enough makeup to look like you try, but not so much to look like you try too hard. Don't dress down or we think you don't value yourself. Don't dress up too much or you're being materialistic or power hungry. Engage with others enough so you don't appear cold, but not so much that you appear flirtatious. Does any of that resonate with you? The list goes on and on and on. And in contrast to that way of thinking about womanhood and that way of thinking about appearance, listen to what the writer of Proverbs 31 says in verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. See, whereas culture values women or evaluates women based on their looks and their personality, Scripture evaluates womanhood based on integrity and faith. It is a better thing to be a scriptural woman than a cultural one. Here's the third and final observation that I came across in Proverbs 31. The writer is actually making a singular point. Before I get to that point, let me go back into those two phrases, charm is decept- de- uh, deceitful and beauty is fleeting. Let me unpack those a little bit. The word deceitful in that verse is the word that is probably better translated as favor. In fact, if you see the same Hebrew word in the rest of scripture and you remove the word charm, uh, or, or rather deceitful, and you put the word favor, what you find is favor is deceitful, not charm, favor. And here's why that matters. Because the favor of man can serve as a cheap imitation of the favor of God. Solomon is saying, women, don't value the favor of men. It's deceitful. It's not the favor of God. Now, I'm going to make a controversial statement 
And some of you are probably going to text me or email me and you're going to disagree with this or you're going to say something in the comments, but I think it needs to be said. Miracle Whip is not mayonnaise. If you're a Miracle Whip person, I just got to tell you, it's a cheap imitation of mayonnaise. If I'm at your house and you want to serve me lunch, if you don't have mayonnaise, don't put anything on the sandwich. Miracle Whip is an imitation of mayonnaise. And the favor of man is an imitation of of the favor of God. It is not the real thing. That's why the gospel writer John talks about the religious leaders, the Pharisees, and he says this in John chapter 12, verse 43. They, the Pharisees, loved the glory that came from man more than the glory that comes from God. Single women, you need to know that God's favor is far more valuable than the attention or the pursuit of a man. Married women, you need to know that God's favor is far more valuable than the pursuit or the affection of your husband. Moms, you need to know that the favor of God is way more important and to be desired than the recognition or or gratitude of your children. See, all of those things are good, but they are not the favor of God. The favor of God is what gets you through the hard days when no one's recognizing you, when, when no one seems to be paying you attention when no one seems to understand how much you sacrifice, how much you work, and how much you do, God knows he is a God who sees, and the favor of God rests on you if you are trusting in Christ for salvation. See, this is so important because if you aim for the favor of people, you may or may not get it, but in doing so, you're going to miss the favor of God. And yet, if you aim for the favor of God, you will get it, And more often than not, you will also receive the favor of people. Go back real quickly to Proverbs 30, verses 28 and 29. Listen again to what the Proverbs writer says in those verses. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. The favor of God resulting in the favor of men, not the other way around. So, Charm is deceitful, or favor is deceitful. And secondly, beauty is vain, the writer of Proverbs says. The word there that's translated vain conveys the idea both of shallow and also fleeting. Beauty is vain because it's only skin deep and it changes over time. The second law of thermodynamics we know says that, tends, uh, that things tend toward disorder or disintegration. There is a reason why the Miss America pageant is only open to women ages 17 to 25. There is a reason the Marine Corps only allows men under the age of 35 to enlist. And there is a reason there are no 50-year-olds playing in the NFL, although Tom Brady may break that trend in seven years. Physical beauty changes. Our bodies, unfortunately, are not a straight upward trend line. They mirror something more like a bell curve. I don't know where the top of that curve is, but somewhere around our 20s or 30s or 40s, we hit it, and it's all downhill from there, right? But that's physical beauty. That's physical strength. That's physical things. That is not true in the spiritual realm. And that's why Solomon says this at the end of verse 30, but a woman who fears the Lord, she is to be praised. Moms, your children are going to forget most of the meals that you made them. They're going to forget most of the conversations that you had in the car. They're going to forget most of the rules that you enforced. But I promise you, moms, your children will never forget how you feared the Lord. 
that will stick with them and it will last even after you are gone. They will not forget the way that you feared the Lord. About a week ago, my six siblings and our spouses and my dad got in a Zoom call because it was the 20 year anniversary of our mom's death. And we spent about an hour and a half just remembering our mom. And when it came my turn to talk about some of those memories, I had to acknowledge honestly that most of them have faded. It's been a long time since I was 18 years old. I don't remember all the conversations. I don't remember all the trips. I remember things here and there. But the one thing I could remember is how she feared the Lord. I remember my mom getting up early in the morning and turning the lamp on at the couch and and reading her Bible. And it was tethered and torn and marked up. I remember coming home late at night sometimes and my mom would be up waiting for her last kid to get home, often with her prayer list out praying for us. I remember my mom's correction. I remember her discipline. I remember her admonition to me. I remember that my mom feared the Lord. And moms, if your pursuit of your children is primarily around academics or material things or or living the good life, you're missing it. You're missing your opportunity to invest in what matters most, to be a woman who fears the Lord and to raise children who also fear the Lord. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And this brings me to this final thought. The the singular point of Proverbs 31 is really fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. That is the most important thing. Not not what is uh, external and temporal, rather what is internal and what will last forever. Those are the things that we are to seek. And in that sense, this is not just a message for moms, nor is it just a message for women, but it's a message for all of us. It's the reason that Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 and verses 16 to 18, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Here's how I want to close the message this morning. As I just said a moment ago, I believe this message is not just for women and not just for moms, but it's really for all of us. It's a chance for us to reflect and be reminded that what matters is what's going to last forever, not what's temporal, not what's external. In fact, This plays right into a vision that God gave us this year to have a thousand gospel conversations in our community as Horizon West Church. And we've been having those conversations. In fact, I got messages over the past week. I've got 28 pins that I got to pull off that wall because people are going out and they're remembering and they're applying the truth that what matters most is sowing the seed of the gospel in the lives of neighbors and friends and family members and coworkers. And you guys are doing that. And it's been such an encouragement to hear those 28 unique stories of people who are sharing the good news of Jesus with other people. And if you have done that and you haven't had a chance to share uh, that with us yet, I want to encourage you to do that. You can go to horizonwestchurch.com slash share. It's also just on our homepage, horizonwestchurch.com. And you can click a button and let us know about those conversations that you're having. That is evidencing and being an example of valuing what matters most, valuing the gospel the eternal truth and good news of Jesus. And so, moms, at the end of the day, this is what God's called you to do, to sow seeds of the gospel in your children, to read the word to them and with them, to pray with them and for them, 
to model godly character, not perfectly. Your example ultimately is not Proverbs 31 nearly as much as it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you moms. Press in to the Lord. Let him be your everything and let your children see that. And when you fail and when you stumble and when you have mom guilt and when you're beating yourself up, remember that God's grace is big enough and it's strong enough and it is good. Would you pray with me? God, I do again just thank you for each of the moms in our lives. God, it wasn't just some accident of biology or science that, that a man and a woman would come together to have children. God, that was your design. That was your purpose. And you purposed that so that children could benefit from both a, a mother figure and a father figure and, and that those parents together could raise children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And God, we thank you for your good plan and your purpose. God, I pray that each of our moms today would be reminded, A, how good you are, and B, how important their role is in the lives of their children, in the lives of their church, in the lives of their community. And so God, we go with your blessing. God, I pray your blessing and your favor over all of our moms. Lord, would you help us to be a gospel people? Would you help us to press into the darkness with the light of Christ? We honor you and we bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.